The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey guys, it's a whole lot going on in the world of sports today. Man, look like Lamar Odom is going to pull his way through this debacle he's gotten himself into. And we still have undefeated teams in the NFL. Man, it's about time that we start giving this guy, Cam Newton, his proper due. You know, Cam Newton has his team undefeated, and he only has one weapon. And we would think that if he had a one, if he had one weapon, it'd be somebody like uh, Demarco Murray or or some super super duper wide receiver like like Megatron. But no, he has a tight end. And hey, this is the you know Cam Newton is 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 doing doing his thing um, with with a tight end, ladies and gentlemen. You know you got to give this guy a lot of credit. I think he hasn't gotten his his proper due. Um, a lot of people said uh, he. He had a little too much mouth. Some people even complained about um, Cam Newton being a little too cocky. And uh, some people even criticized him for, um, you know, putting his hands across his chest and ripping off his jersey, pretending to rip off his jersey like he was Superman. But, hey, let's give this man some due. Here's, here's, a, here's a guy that has his team undefeated 5-0 and in the NFL with one, basically, one receiver. And that's a tight end, Greg Olson. And, then, and, hey, don't take anything away from Greg Olson. Greg Olson is a University of Miami graduate and a real cool guy, stand-up guy. And, uh, and, and we got a lot of love for Greg Olson, especially because he is Cam Newton's only weapon. And he finds a way to get open, to get first downs all the time. I'm telling you, man, this guy Cam Newton is – um. He's he's somebody I think we really have to take notice of as being uh, a premier quarterback in this league. You know, we we've asked this question a few times: Who's going to step up when some of these guys who we call premier quarterbacks now, like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, um, Ben Roethlisberger? You know, when when they settle and start to slumber and and fall just a little bit in their game. Who's going to be one of these guys that step up? Is it going to be Andy Dalton? Is it going to be Cam Newton? I, I really think both of those young men are, are, are doing their thing, but Cam Newton seems to be doing it with smoke and mirrors. You know, he beat the um, the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. Um, the score was um, 27-23, 
And, um, and, and trust me, when I tell you that um, Cam Newton had to come back, I mean, he, he, threw, um, he threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter of this game to bring this team back and, um, and win. You know, I think, I think Cam Newton is um, telling him, I, I, I'll say it again, let's start putting some labels behind this guy's name as being an elite quarterback in this league, uh, if not an elite quarterback in this league, let's start calling him a very good quarterback in this league. And Cam, I'm giving you the credit now. I think you're a very good quarterback in this league. And um, and let's give a little credit to uh, Jonathan Stewart. You know, uh, Jonathan Stewart had 20 rushes for 78 yards, two TDs. Uh, Cam Newton had uh, 20. He went 20 of 36, 269, one TD, and two interceptions. Um, and and you know Cam is gonna do his his share of running as well. He seven rushes for thirty yards, and he ran for one TD. On the other hand, I said this earlier in the season. I said it before the season started. I think that when we see athletes, premier athletes, get involved with these um, superstars, movie stars, uh, singers, I think it takes a little bit away from their focus of what they really have to do. And I, I really like to think that right now, um, Russell Wilson, his his focus is not there. I mean, hey man, if you if you dating Sierra, it's it's hard to have it's hard to have your focus where it needs to be at when uh, when you when you dating one of the prettiest ladies in hip hop. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I just didn't think that that was a good match for Russell. But hey, who am I to tell this man who he can date and cannot date? Russell, go for the gold, man. Go for the gusto. But Russell. Don't get sidetracked and don't let yourself get in a, in a, in a situation where you, you're focusing on other things besides football right now. And I'll tell you right now, man, it's going to be time for ladies and women and girlfriends and all of that stuff. But right now, your focus really needs to be on football. And I hope you can keep your focus on football because I'm going to tell you, man, these guys are out for blood on defense. And if you're and if you're if you're not focused and you're not and your mindset is not right, um, you can get hurt out here. I'm telling you, you can get hurt out in this game called football. But um, another undefeated team that we were talking about, Andy Dalton. Hey, Cincinnati Bengals are undefeated, and I think they're the real deal. I think Marvin Lewis has taken his team to the playoffs enough times that they are ready to take that next step in the playoffs. I think they're capable. I think if anything, we've seen Marvin Lewis from the onset when he was with the um, Baltimore Ravens as a defense coordinator, that he is going to have a stout defense. His teams are going to play solid, solid defense every week. Well, he ran, he, he ran across a team yesterday who we always consider to be one of the best defensive teams when we're talking about a Rex Ryan coach team. Rex Ryan is a defensive guru. And, um, hey, Marvin Lewis put it to him yesterday, and I think, we start, I think it's about time for us to start talking a little bit about this dude, Andy Dalton, as what we said about Cam Newton. Is he going to be one of these guys that step up and take the place of a of a Peyton Manning who who's maybe falling a little bit or a Ben Roethlisberger who could be falling a little bit or Carson Palmer who could be falling a little bit. Is Andy Dalton going to be that guy that steps up and says, Hey, 
I'm going to be the man. I'm going to take my team to Super Bowls. I'm going to win Super Bowls in, in, in this era of football. I'm not so sure if he if he can be that guy. I'd like to see him uh, be that guy. I'm a, I'm a big Cincinnati fan. I like Marvin Lewis. Uh, I think he's done an, an outstanding job there. I think Rex Ryan is um I think Rex Ryan is Rex Ryan. I think Rex Ryan is going to bring a lot of excitement to Buffalo. But how long will the excitement last? Will it be five years? Will it be four years? And they get tired of him, and he'll be going on to to Cleveland or somewhere else. You know, I, I'm I'm just not so sure about Rex. I, I hope he can pull it together. And, and I, I I can tell you this: he's going to put a better product on the field than Buffalo had before Rex Ryan. Now, is that going to be enough to take them to Super Bowls or playoffs or, or, or a winning record? I'm not sure. Right now, they they, they ride at 500, and um, I'm sure the fans in, in, in Buffalo are pretty, pretty happy with a 500 record right now. But the Cincinnati Bengals are one of only five teams that's undefeated in this league. And um, hey, and, and and Cincinnati is doing it, running the ball. They ran for 112 yards yesterday. Uh, Giovanni Bernard eight rushes, 50 yards, and um, uh, Jeremy Hill 16 rushes, 56 yards. So I, I like I, you gotta like what you see from um, from Cincinnati, and you gotta you gotta gotta think that hey, this team this team could be going places. This team could be the real deal. And, uh, and and undefeated at this point in the season, this is this is not this is not a slouch. I mean, hey, come on, you're talking about six and zero. Hey, six and zero is 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 a lot to brag home about. And um, hey, Andy Dalton, keep up the good work. But um, what I want to talk about a little bit about this team before we move on from the Cincinnati Bengals is Hugh Jackson was the uh, Oakland Raiders coach a few years ago, and I tell you, I think um, Hugh Jackson really got got the shaft when Reggie McKenzie came in and took over the job as the, uh, as the um, general manager for the Oakland Raiders, and Hugh Jackson lost his job after one season as the Oakland Raiders head coach. Um, he had already been with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he was with the Cincinnati Bengals from 2004 to 2006. Well, he came back to the Bengals after being fired from the Raiders only for after being fired from the Raiders for only one year in 2011. Came back 2012, 13, 14. The, uh, the, the, the Bengals have been to the playoffs each of those years. They have not done much when they got in the playoffs. But I really think this could be a year that Hugh Jackson has 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 had enough time has had enough room and experience with Andy Dalton for them to really shake up some things in the playoffs this year. And I think that Hugh Jackson could be a candidate for a head coaching position in the NFL. He had a chance with Oakland, didn't have a chance to do much, but I really think that he can have a chance to, um, I think, given the opportunity, I think he'll he'll make a he'll make somebody a, a a pretty good head coach, and I think it's time for him to um to get that chance again. I'm not so I'm not so sure if he will get that chance this year, but I really I'd like to see him have an opportunity to 
just to see what what um what he can do. And you know, we look at um look at guys like Todd Todd Bowles, the um, the Jets head coach. You know, the Jets the Jets head coach um, Todd Bowles was the interim head coach for the Miami Dolphins at one point, but um, now he is the head coach, and I think the Dolphins may have missed out on an opportunity when they didn't give him a chance to um to really interview and 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 have a chance to take that job because they did they didn't we see what Joe Fieldman did. Uh, and he didn't do a, a good job. Definitely didn't do a good enough job to um, to hold on to his job. But guys, when we look at the team that probably a big question mark is on is the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos, you know, they 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 played they played um, the Cleveland Browns. Man. Wow, was this an interesting game or what? I mean, this game actually uh went into overtime where we at where we thought well um Peyton Manning turned the ball over and we thought that Cleveland was gonna was gonna make a couple of first downs and, and win this game. That did not happen. I mean, um Denver's defense has saved Peyton's man and can I mean this entire season as far as I'm concerned. They really have saved his can. Uh, it, it seems every week after week, it's not Peyton Manning we're talking about. It's the Denver Broncos defense is what we're talking about. And, hey, you know, Demarius Thomas, 10, 10 receptions for 111 yards. But Peyton Manning targeted him 17 times. Emmanuel Sanders. Four catches, 109 yards. One of those catches was for 75 yards. Four catches. Peyton Manning targeted him 11 times. I mean, you know, when 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 Peyton is hooking up on less than half, less than 50 percent of his passes with his number two receiver, that's not that's not a good look for him. And I I, I really think that Peyton Manning is is struggling. In a in a big way, and his defense is carrying this Denver Broncos team. Now, saying that, we've we we never ever ever never ever can we actually count Peyton Manning out because when you do, he'll make you eat those words every time. And this team may not be undefeated because of his arm, but I can tell you, and I can promise you. That they're undefeated uh, has they're being undefeated has a lot to do with his leadership skills and his ability to rally men together and make them make make them get the most get the most out of them. I really just think the guys want to play for this guy Peyton Manning, and you don't want to let somebody like that down. Even he, even if he lets you down, you want to give him everything you got. And um, three interceptions, Peyton. Ah. Wow, that's just that's that's hard. It's hard to think that um here's the Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning, twenty six of forty eight. He threw the ball forty eight times, one touchdown, three interceptions. Wow, is that enough? Is 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 that really enough to take this team to the Super Bowl? You know, um last year, um the last time we saw Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl, the big concern was was they didn't really have enough on defense. Not that he played so awesome, but they didn't have enough on defense when uh, when he came when they were in the Super Bowl. But when we look at it now, 
The defense is awesome. But what does Peyton Manning have in the tank? Does he have enough in the tank to take this team places? I'm not so sure. I'm I'm just really not so sure if 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 they really have enough to take this team places. But you know, uh, another team that's undefeated that we talked about that we haven't talked about. Hey, we got a, we got a call on the line. Chris, what's going on? How's it going, Chris? Not much. How you doing? Oh, doing very good. Uh, you still over in Jacksonville, Florida? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hi, hey, um, Chris. Uh, as you can see, um, the Jaguars went down again yesterday, and um, the Jaguars are going to England um, this week coming up. Are we gonna? Are are? Is this? Is this week coming up? going to be anything different because they're going to be overseas playing or are we just going to see more of the same from Jacksonville? Well, um, I actually thought Borders played pretty good and um, and London has accepted Jacksonville, so I think it might be a good time for them to get another victory added to their column. Oh, really? You think this might yes, be sir. this might be an, another victory for them, huh? Yeah, they they had injuries on offense, and now they're getting uh, Thomas, but he has a broken rib now. But they're getting Thomas back, and they had Cecil Shorts. They look really good on offense. If they can just hold the other teams, their defense can step up a little bit. This might be their turnaround week. Let me ask you a question: Is uh, is TJ Yeldon? Is he the answer? And, and and what what was the deal with him yesterday? I mean, come on. Well, he got hurt, but I don't think he's the answer. I think I think the answer really is in the defense because the offense has been putting up points. And typically, if you could put up 21 to 24 points, you should be able to win some games or at least be in them. And, but they've not been in very many games. Um, so I think the issue is the defense. Yeldon is good, but he's not great. He's not a great back in my eyes yet. Yeah. And, you know, but um, this week they play, they play a um... – they play the um, the Buffalo Bills, and you know we we all know that uh, Rex Ryan coming off coming off a loss, and coming up against against a team that he thinks is maybe a little bit inferior. He has a tendency to maybe even try to run the score up on somebody this week. Um, I hope Jacksonville is <laughs> not going to be that roadblock for the for the Buffalo Bills. No, I don't, I don't think they will. Um, I think they have too much um, too many weapons on offense to to get that. But Rex Ryan is a defensive genius, so with the defense not stopping anybody, and if he can get a chance to uh, put up points, if Bortles doesn't get a chance to put up points, it could be one of those types of games where they enjoy running up the score. Wow, wow. Hey, Chris, thanks for calling, man. Don't be a stranger. Give us a call on the Sports Info UN radio show anytime. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. You have a good Thank one. Thank you. All right. Hey, we got another call on the line. Sam, what's going on? What's going on, man? I'm calling to give you the Michigan man perspective. <laughs> hey, Sam. Hey, uh, could you hold on through the break? We got a quick break, and uh, we're going to have you come back. And This is Sam Sword, ladies and gentlemen, calling us, giving us a, 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 a Michigan man's perspective on the heartbreak loss they suffered to Michigan State on Saturday. Hey guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Bull 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we have Sam Swart, a Michigan grad, um, talking to us about this um, really really unusual loss that Michigan suffered over the weekend. And, um, Sam, all they had to do was punt the ball, man. It was four seconds left in the game. They punt the ball, just punt it away, the game is over. Well, I guess you'd have to uh, tackle the punt returner, and the game is over. What's your perspective on this, man? Ah, uh, man, it was uh, definitely a heartbreaking loss, uh, 10 seconds away from victory. Uh, the punter, uh, you know, all he got to do is secure the snap and uh, punt the ball. And, uh, and and like you say, you make a tackle and the game is ours. But uh, unfortunately for us, he dropped the ball. He tried to make a play. It was blocked. And uh, Michigan State scored with no time left to secure the victory. Uh, Got to tip my hat to Michigan State for playing into the final uh, to the final uh, seconds of the game. And uh, you know it was it was an unfortunate loss for us. But uh, there's there's a lot of teachable moments uh, that can be learned from this loss. And, uh, and again, for uh, this young punter to receive death threats, I just think that, that that's not the right way to do things. At the end of the day, it is just a football game. Uh, was it a tough loss? Yes. But to um, send this young man death threats, I think that's a little overboard, Daryl. Oh, 
excuse me, Sam, without a question, it's overboard. And um, he's not the first young man to receive death threats when his team um, didn't do so well in a game or he was the cause or what we say he was the cause of a of a loss. And, and you and I know from playing the game that um, that you can't, you can't base a, a loss on one play because we had plays in the second quarter and the first quarter and the third quarter and even in the fourth quarter that could have um, that could have won the game for us, but we didn't make those plays. But we always want to narrow it down to just this one specific play, and uh, we want to put a lot of blame on one person. It's just not fair, and it's definitely not fair to um, to get death threats in a game that you could lose your life on life in or be paralyzed in in a matter of seconds. So I, I really feel bad for the kid, and uh, and I know, but in a, in a big in a big scheme of things. Sam, I know you as a Michigan fan and an alumnus, you got to be thrilled. I mean, absolutely thrilled to have Harbaugh back in Michigan on the staff as your head football coach. I love everything about the hire, uh, him being there. Like you said, he's a Michigan man. He understands uh, how the program should be ran. Uh, you know, he played on the boat. He loves the university. He has a he has the university going in the right direction. Uh, you know, th- this is just a minor setback in the big scheme of things. I really feel that we're a year ahead of schedule. Uh, you know, for him to have them playing the way that they're playing now, it-, it-, it just shows what type of coach he is. And when he can go on the road and recruit more players, I, I really feel that the sky's the limit. Uh, the only thing that uh, I'm worried about is his name is going to be mentioned with every NFL opening because right now, he is the hottest coach on the market. Well, yeah, he's, he, market, he's the hot coach on the market. But, um, I, you know, when, when you think about Harbaugh, you think about a guy with a, little, with a lot of pride and a, and a lot, of, lot of dignity about him. He's a dignified man, you know, and that's how I look at him when I think about him. And I just really think that uh, Michigan, Michigan is going to have Harbaugh for at least five years. I mean, you got him for this year and four more years. Now, the, the, the one good thing about him is that he's a young man, and after five years, um, there's a good possibility he could be he could be gone somewhere else. But I think he's gonna he go he's gonna put in his time, man, at um at Michigan, and uh, I think he's I think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do a good job. And right now, he's only 51 years old. Uh, in December, he'll be 52 years old. He's still a young man, so he could stay there for five more years, four more years. Um, do his thing, maybe even win one or two. If he wins one championship for you, for Michigan in in his in the next four years, he can leave. You you'll let him leave. Hey, well, little like we did lose Sam, and um, but I'm I'm glad Sam called and gave us his perspective on uh, on on Jim Harbaugh, and I I would I would agree with him. I know they're very very thrilled in Michigan to have um, Harbaugh on that on that squad. Uh, on the at at the at the helm of that of that program. I mean, you know, he's 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 an experience, and um, he's definitely a winner. And uh, when we look at his at his at the history of Harbaugh, what has he done? Stanford won. Um, what did he do at San Francisco? Won. He comes out the box winning at Michigan in a program that's really been struggling. Um, so, you know, he, he, he has, he has a lot of great qualities and, um, 
And I think I think he's going to do an outstanding job. Matter of fact, I'm a little jealous that Michigan got such a such a, a hot commodity at, at at coach in Jim Harbaugh. Man, why couldn't we get one of those hot commodity coaches at University of Miami down south? But hey, Jim, keep up the good work, and uh, and I'm pulling for you. I know Sam Sam is pulling for you, and I know you got a lot of um a lot of Michigan um backing behind you, and um. And Michigan alumni is huge all over the United States, and I know they're thrilled that you uh, that you're doing such an outstanding job uh, with that program. But hey, guys, we have we have a couple more NFL teams that are undefeated that we have not talked about. Um, even though we did talk about Peyton Manning and the and um, the Bengals, and um, well, we also talked about Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. But hey. That man, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers, they're undefeated. And Aaron Rodgers has his team 6-0, and and, and and they beat the San Diego Chargers yesterday. And, uh, hey, Phillip Rivers is, 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 a, is a beast, but he just doesn't have enough to take on the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And uh, the, back, the Packers beat the San Diego Chargers uh, 27-20 yesterday in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers went 16 of 29, 255, two TDs, no interceptions, a QBR of 75.8. And uh, Phillip Rivers, 43 of 65 for 503 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. Hey, and a quarterback rating of 79.8. Wow. He had 65 attempts and 500 and three yards yesterday. That's a lot of yards. But on the on the other on the other token, they only ran the ball twenty one times for sixty yards. If if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna put the ball in your quarterback's hands and tell him, hey, go win the game for us, and I want you to throw sixty five passes this game, you, you're almost telling yourself we cannot win. If my quarterback has to attempt 65 passes, we cannot win. And this is a, this is just another example of a, of of a team that just doesn't have enough weapons to 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 put themselves in a winning position. On the other hand, um, this guy uh, James Starks, uh, the backup running back to Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy went out of the game yesterday. Eddie Lacy only had four rushes for three yards, um, no TDs. But his backup, John Starks, who I'm sure that San Diego would love to have Green Bay Packers backup running back, 10 rushes, 112 yards, uh, one TD. Uh, hey, that, those are some very productive numbers. And when Aaron Rodgers has that kind of production, when they can rush the ball for 17 rushes for 133 yards, uh, that's going to take a lot of pressure off of an elite quarterback off of any quarterback. And when when you can when you can play action, that's gonna make you help your passing game out a whole lot. Well, I just really think that um that Phillip Rivers is he's an elite quarterback, but he's in a situation where where um he just can't really be elite because it just doesn't have enough weapons. And you know, I when when we look at um at at the uh, fourth best receiver on this team is Danny Woodhead, five rush, five receptions for sixty three yards. Nothing against Danny Woodhead, I like him as a player, but he's not your fourth best receiver. 
No, it just can't happen like that. You know, when we look at the other on the other side, James Jones is um, the, the fourth receiver for um, for Aaron Rodgers, and he only had he, he only had two receptions. Well, a lot of the, the number one receiver for that for Aaron Rodgers um, yesterday was Jeff Jennings, and he only had two receptions for seventy nine yards. So. Aaron Rodgers is going to spread the ball around, but he has a, a, a lot of weapons to spread the ball around too. And it makes a big difference. And I, I really think that, um, that Aaron Rodgers is, is wow. Uh, he, he hasn't, he, he's been this league's MVP for a reason. And that's because he is a winner, but guys, the team, I guess that's really put a hush mouth on a lot of us. And that would have to be those New England Patriots. I mean, as as much as we don't want to say how great the New England Patriots are playing, as much as we don't want to say the Indianapolis coach blew the whistle on um, the the New England Patriots last year and the Spygate situation, not the Spygate, but the Inflategate situation, and people said that they were going to come out here and just – Try to try to drag the Colts. Well, it didn't really happen like that, but they did beat the Colts. And Tom Brady threw for three hundred yards, three TDs, only threw one interception, had a QBR of seventy-seven point three. Andrew Luck, fifty attempts, thirty completions, fifty attempts, three hundred and twelve yards, three TDs, no interceptions, a sixty-eight point two QBR. Hey, that's that. I'll say it again. When you when we start throwing the ball, when we start chucking it fifty times, it's really, really, it's 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 pretty hard to win when you make that many attempts to, to throw the ball. Uh, that means you've dug yourself a hole and and you're really trying to trying to get out of. It. But that wasn't necessarily the case um, for um, for, and and that wasn't necessarily the case in this game because at halftime the score was 21-20. You know, and I'm and I'm and in Indianapolis was winning. I don't know. And in, in the second half, the the coach only scored 6 points in the fourth quarter whereas New England scored 14 points, 7 in the second in the third quarter and 7 in the fourth quarter, which makes a made a big difference in this game. But I guess we really have to talk about um, <laughs> Coach Pagano <clears throat> and his third quarter fake field goal that was not successful. And um, some people are actually saying this could even actually cause him his job. This could cause Coach Pagano to lose his job. Uh, you know, he's been on a, on a, he's on a, the last year of his contract. He did not get a contract extension. And um, it's, he's been on the hot seat, let's just say the least. Coach Pagano has been on the hot seat this year. And because a lot of people say he played in a weak division, he should win his division every week and every year. And he has Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is supposed to be the next golden boy. Andrew Luck is supposed to be one of those guys we talk about who's going to take the place of Tom Brady um, or take the place of Peyton Manning or Ben Roethlisberger when they're too old to play and they just can't be as productive as they have been in the past. Is Andrew Luck going to be that guy? Huh. 
Some people are saying Coach Pagano might not be there to see uh, Andrew Luck become that guy. I'm not so sure. Uh, I, I love Coach. He's a University of Miami product. Uh, he was there as a graduate assistant when I was at the University of Miami. I'm pulling for you, Coach. I'm, I'm, I got your back. Uh, I know Andre Johnson got your back. I know Frank Gore got your back. Hey, and I, I even know that that, that, that young pup, Philip Dorsett, another you know, University of Miami grad, got your back. But, Coach, hey, let's turn this heat up a little bit now because we want to see you there for a long time. And let's turn the heat up, Coach, in case you don't get this job. You can't keep this job. There's another position out there for you somewhere in the NFL. But, guys, tonight probably is the biggest game for both these teams, the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. And in the first quarter, the Giants are leading the Philadelphia Eagles um, 7 nothing. Well, if the Giants win this game, they'll be first. They'll be, they'll be first place in their division, without a doubt. If the Philadelphia Eagles win this game, they'll be tied for first place in their division, and and not having a very good record, as uh, to be honest with you. But what can we say? This is this this division could be weak with the Dallas Cowboys, um, with the Dallas Cowboys dealing with some issues of of Tony Romo and Des Bryant going down. This could um this could be a very weak division with the Washington Redskins not knowing uh not not playing their first round pick just three years ago, Robert Griffin. He has not touched the field this year. Um wow. Where 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 are the Redskins headed? You know, uh, this it's it's really it's really it's really hard to say where this team is, what what direction this team is going to be going in? Because right now the Redskins are two and four, and doesn't appear to be going very far at our Cook Cousins. Uh, Thirty six QBR yesterday. That's not enough to get it done. Are we going to see Robert Griffin soon? We hear things about Robert Griffin playing safety in practice now. He's on the scout team playing safety. You got your quarterback making sixteen million dollars a year. And he's on a scout team playing safety? Get out of here. What a waste. Or are we going to see that waste on the field soon playing for the Washington Redskins? Hey, Robert, we're looking for you, baby. We'll be right back with more Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we have Candon on the line. And I, I have an idea of uh, what Candon want to talk about. This undefeated Carolina Panthers football team and Cam Newton. What's happening, Candon? How you doing? How you doing? Doing very yeah, I was well. Calling in, calling in just to, um, just to say, do you think Carolina deserved the respect now after beating the Seahawks? Well, um, are we seeing a a Seahawk team that is that's that's not as good as the Seahawks team of last two years prior to this season? Or are we seeing a um, a Cam Newton that's a, that's a more mature quarterback and a guy that's um, ready to lead his team deep into the playoffs this year? Because he really doesn't seem to have a whole lot of weapons around him. You know, Greg Olson is a tight end, and he's his number one receiver. That's right. So I think it's – I think – I. I I'd have to say it's time for us to give Cam Newton his respect. I talked about that earlier on the show. It's time for us to start calling this guy. If he's not an elite quarterback, well, let's give him the title of being a very good quarterback. That's right. And let's not uh, forget about that defense out there in Carolina. That's for sure. You know, and and the defense is – this is not a defense that just got good. Um, The defense has been a staple of that team um, for – for a long time. And I see you got Luke back yesterday. I know that's one of your favorite players, too. That's right. 14 yeah. tackles off came, coming off a concussion. Yeah, 14 tackles, five solo tackles. Yeah, he's the real deal, man. Yeah, he he, he is the real deal. And um, this team had four sacks yesterday. You know, hey, that's not easy to do against Russell Wilson. You know, let's don't get it twisted. Russell Wilson is a is a is a is a is a nifty nifty guy. You know, yeah. So I tell you, I think I think Cam, I think Cam Newton is ready to um, to make a make a jump in the playoffs this year. We know they got the defense to do it, but is the people around Cam Newton enough for him to take this team where he wants to go? Because we look at it, Candon, is Ted Ginn Jr. enough to take this team place they they need to go? You know, no, but it's it's hard without having weapons out there. But he's he's getting the job done. He is. He is. Oh, you know, getting the job done, and let's not forget 
the Legion of Boom, still good defense out there. And what Cam Newton did in the fourth quarter, I mean, you got to I mean, you got to give the guys the respect, you know. The players caught the ball. I I I really do. And uh and you know, you have to applaud uh, Cam Newton for for spreading the ball around. I mean, this this guy threw the ball to eight different receivers yesterday. You know, um, this is not the same Cam Newton that we would have seen possibly two years ago. I don't think he would have found eight receivers. Uh, but now we we see this guy. He he finds uh, he finds players, and he may and he's making these guys better players too. Uh, I don't think I don't think Ted Ginn could would, would still be in the league as a receiver if it were not for Cam Newton. I don't think he might be in the league as a punt returner, but he wouldn't touch right. the field if it were not for Cam Newton. That's right. Yeah, I really think so. And he, and if he caught the ball, he'd probably be one of the elite receivers in the league. You know, Cam targeted him four times, but he only caught one pass. But hey, what can you expect from a punt returner? He's not really, really, really. A receiver. Hey, but Cannon, hey, thank you so much for calling Sports Info UM Radio Show. And don't be a stranger. And don't wait to don't wait till Cam Newton and the Panthers are five and oh before you call us again. I won't do that again. All right, I appreciate it. We appreciate right. you and thanks again for being on the Sports Info UM Radio Show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, uh, Matt, do we have Ray on the line? Yeah. Ray, what's going on? Oh, man, you know, I just listened to the gentleman there talking about the uh, uh, Panthers and Cam Newton and seeing that development with Newton. Well, I'm I'm one of those Redskins fans that I, I wish my team was, had been a little more patient with uh, Robert Griffin. Uh, uh, and I, he, he had injuries earlier, and uh, uh, but that development uh, – I, I, I still think would would pay off if, uh, yeah, you know, like you say, now they got him playing on the scout team and third team and not dressing for some games. Uh, uh, a lot of investment there to give up the first round draft choices they did, and and now to not at least uh, that he's now healthy. Uh, see him out there. Uh, if we can have one quarterback throwing multiple interceptions and all of the four losses, uh, maybe I would still like to see uh, if if Kirk Cousins can throw three and four interceptions and a loss, uh, let's give Robert that shot. I would agree with you, Ray. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I really think that um, uh, Jay Gruden and Robert Griffin had a little spat before the season started. And um, he never really supported Robert Griffin. You saw him keep him into a, a preseason game late into the game where he was almost punishing this guy. Um, I just don't think their relationship ever, 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 it, it never really um, was a good relationship. It had turmoil from the, from the onset, and it was almost like Robert Griffin was in management's corner and then Jay Gruden had to almost form his own own side per se, and they just never really got off to got off to a good start. And doesn't look like their um, their relationship has gotten any better. Because you're right, um, Kirk Cousins is not producing 
he had a QBR over the weekend of 36. Um, that's not going to win uh, a high school game. Um, it's just just not enough. I would like to see yeah. them at least put Robert back in the game and you know, and, and see what he can do. The, the, he can't uh, do any worse than what what they're what they're uh, getting from Kirk Cousins, and he's making sixteen million dollars a season. The reason uh, Gruden was bought there was to develop uh, the young quarterback. Uh, that's uh, what he uh, had on his resume. Supposedly was. Uh, uh, working with Dalton in uh, Cincinnati, and I think Dalton has gotten better uh, once he's left. Uh, well, I, we talked about that earlier on the show too. Um, this guy Hugh Jackson, uh, who's um, who who was with Cincinnati before he went to uh, Oakland and was the head coach there. Uh, now he's back in Cincinnati, but uh, Hugh Jackson is a, a is a very good offense coordinator and a, and a very good coach. And he didn't get a fair shake at Oakland when he was the head coach at Oakland for only one year. Reggie McKenzie came in and, and fired him right away. And I would agree with you. When we look at the progress of players like Andy Dalton and we look at Robert Griffin, they went in opposite directions. I mean, Robert Griffin, he he almost plummeted down. And we see Andy Dalton. He's had a steady increase in the up, up climb. So... I, 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 I'm questioning what's going on in Washington as well, Ray. Is it Robert Griffin? Yeah. Is it that is it he's not smart enough? I don't think that's the case. Is it that the coach don't have confidence in him? Um, you know, he's had some he had some issues with his team as well in the past. But I think I thought that those issues were kind of um, kind of behind him. I, I really think that. Um, He's going to get another shot before this season is over for sure because I don't think that yeah. they're going to be able to um, – I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to um, keep him on the bench and pay him that much money and continue to see Kirk Cousins falter the way he's, where he's falling. And a, uh, a, uh, a salute to that Michigan man that called in and uh, stood up for his team. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ray, we appreciate you calling, and don't be a stranger, Ray. Call us and give us an update on those Redskins anytime you want. And thank you for listening to the Sports Info UN Radio Show on the Voice America Radio. All right, thank you. Hey, thanks, Ray. Hey, uh, Matt, we got Tony on the line. Hello, Tony. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, Dallas Sam? Hey, Sam, hey. the first I want to say condolences on your big blue there, man. I don't know what happened, but that's the most improbable win I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, you know, I don't think people are giving Michigan State credit for playing until the whistle blow. You know, how many times do we tell kids that from, from Pop Warner to Pee Wee, play until the whistle blow? You know, and that's what Michigan State did. You know, we, 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 we tell kids all the time, don't stop, don't give up, don't ever give up, don't stop until the, until the horn sounds for the final second. And that's what Michigan State did. I mean, and when, when, you, when you look at this, this punt, uh, and, and Michigan, Michigan says they, they, have a, they had a rugby kicker, this guy had played rugby all his life, and... Maybe that's why he didn't catch the ball well, because he hadn't played football 
all his life. But Michigan has like one of the guys flanked out wide, and Michigan State got eleven guys up on the line of scrimmage. You know what they're trying right. to do? Hey, it's only ten seconds left in the game. They're trying to block the kick. Well, Michigan should have had all of their guys on the line of scrimmage as well. And if anything, Harbaugh, I'm sure he looks back at that and say, "Hey, uh, we should have had more people on the line of scrimmage." Right. Well, yeah. What I really called about was talking about my Ravens, man. We're in Baltimore. You know, I'm down here in Palm Coast, but out there in Baltimore, they're just all crazy behind the, the bad start that the Ravens have had. And it goes back to one thing and one thing only, and that's the defensive coordinator. So I'm a little upset with them, but right now I'm in the mindset that we might as well just win about three games and get a top pick in the draft because we're not making the playoffs this year. Well, you know, I think it all started when they gave Flacco such a huge contract and they really couldn't keep the guys around him, like Torrey Smith. You know, you see these guys playing for other teams and and not that Torrey Smith was some super-duper wide receiver, but he was was one of the pieces to to them, to their success. You know, and and let's don't forget, you know, um, when they lost Suggs the first game of the season, you know, he, he's like the locker room. He, he is the locker room for that team. He's almost a mouthpiece for that team. So I think they lost a lot when, when they lost Suggs, and I know they lost a lot when they gave Flacco so much money that they really could not afford to keep uh, other players around him. You know, that, that contract with Flacco, that's a big issue. But a big mistake they made is when they traded Anquan Bolden to the 49ers for a six-round pick. I mean, they basically gave him away, and he was he was also the heart and soul of the offensive side of the ball. That they replaced it with Steve Smith, but still, that right there started a downward spiral. That I think we're still paying for the Ray Rice contract. We still have him on the books. We have Dennis Pitter on the books, and all of that's just dead money up against the cap. I think it's almost twenty million dollars. Yeah, stops them from going out and getting other high caliber players. And another thing, basically, pretty much, if you watch our defense, we have some slow players on defense. No speed on defense at all. Yeah. And, and so I'm looking forward to getting you know, the top draft pick. Maybe we can get an elite cornerback and, and, and stop picking down in the 20s and maybe pick in the top five in uh, all of the rounds. And uh, maybe we can replenish some talent that's been lost on the, on the squad. You know, uh, Tony, we, we don't have much time left, but before you go, I want to ask you a question. Um, you know, last year, um, Harbaugh, one Harbaugh, uh, Jim Harbaugh from San Francisco, uh, he basically stepped down from being the coach for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and this year with, with, uh, with Harbaugh having some, the other Harbaugh, his brother, having some problems in Baltimore, is he going to make this season? Or, or is he, will he be back next year? I think he'll be back. I think Harbaugh has the credit, the, the credibility with the Super Bowl win. The fault of Harbaugh, I like him. He's a good coach. My problem with him is that he's too loyal. It's been time for Dean Pease to go. Dean Pease was a horrible defensive coordinator in New England. That's why they got rid of him. His defenses have always been the bend but don't break mentality. And we've always made excuses in Baltimore for the defense. First, after Chuck Pagano left, it was, you know, 
we got Dean Pease and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. They got older. Then when they left, it was, oh, he lost leadership. And then last year it was injuries. There's always an excuse for his defensive schemes, and they're just, they're just not good. And anyone from Baltimore who really watches the team will echo those same sentiments. Well, we, we can even take it a little step further, Antonio. Um, Marvin Lewis, you know, he left Baltimore to become the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that team, even though they won a Super Bowl since him, he, 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 he was the real vocal part of that, of building the defense in Baltimore Correct. from when they were, were nothing. And when he came in there, helped them build that defense, um, they became a, a Super Bowl winning team. Ray Lewis became a household name. Hey, Tony, I really, really hate to, I really hate to cut this conversation, but we're out of time, man. And don't All be right, afraid to give us a call week. on the Sports Info You and Radio Show next Monday night from eight to nine o'clock. Don't be a stranger. Please give us a call. I won't be. Have All right. Night. Hey, thanks. Hey, guys, we appreciate you listening and calling in and hanging out with us here at the Sports Info You and Radio Show on the Voice America Radio. We'll see you next week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.